there! You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number 13, The Benefits of Forgiveness. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. guys, welcome to the podcast today. I just wanted to say thank you to the great response I got to the last episode from what I'm hearing. It resonated with a lot of you and helped you to kind of think about humility in a different way. So that's awesome. I love getting a new perspective on these concepts as well. So if you didn't hear last week's podcast, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It kind of sets up and gives background to what we're talking about today. And essentially what we're doing the next few weeks is to take a look at the attributes of the Savior and see how acquiring these characteristics relates to our mental health. And I remember the moment that that thought occurred to me, that what I was learning about happiness and peace from the more psychological and scientific perspectives were the exact attributes that Jesus Christ lived and taught, and that I'd been encouraged to cultivate my entire life. And looking at those attributes through a more scientific lens and then combining them with the principles and doctrines we're taught in the gospel, these attributes of the Savior took on a whole new meaning for me, and I could really see why we're taught these principles and how we're actually wired for them to bring us that peace and happiness and joy, even when our circumstances aren't what we want them to be. It really is about becoming more spiritually minded, to be able to see and interpret the things that happen in this world with the perspective of eternity and with God's perspective. And I think that we can use information from the views of both science and religion to really understand the why and the how behind it all. So before I introduce the topic for this week, I wanted to tell you a funny little thing that happened. My sister texted me a couple weeks ago. She said that her little girl Tasha, who is six years old, was invited to go with her friend Finley to the pumpkin patch. Well, my sister told her that she could go, but she asked her to please not tell her four-year-old brother Noah that she was going to the pumpkin patch because then he would feel badly. Well, a few minutes later, Tasha came up the stairs pretty pleased with herself and said, don't worry, mom, I just told Noah I was going to Hawaii with Finley. And of course, Noah was following her up the stairs crying that he wanted to go to Hawaii too. So I thought that was a pretty cute and a funny story and illustrates how someone can completely miss the point. And sometimes I think we miss the point of the commandments. We think that God gives us commandments so that he can be in control or tell us what to do and take away our fun and freedom. But think about this. If God would have wanted to control us, would he have given us our agency? Would he have given us the power to make choices? I don't think so. That doesn't really make sense at all. What are the commandments for? We touched on this last week, right? They're to teach us how to become like him, to reach our ultimate potential as literal children of a divine being. And I think we can especially miss the point of the attribute I want to talk about today, um, which is that of being forgiving. And sometimes when we're faced with the opportunity to forgive, we kind of have a hard time with it because sometimes we feel like it's letting the other person who did something to hurt us or someone that we love off the hook, right? But did you know that when you forgive someone, the person who most benefits from that forgiveness is you? I've been fascinated with what I've learned about what forgiveness does for us, not only spiritually, but mentally and physically as well. And research shows that learning to forgive can significantly improve our psychological well-being, 
as well as our physical health. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Now, like I said, sometimes we miss the point or misunderstand the purpose of the commandment to forgive. So first I wanna talk a little bit about what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not letting someone take advantage of you. It's not putting your trust in someone who has hurt you or violated you in some way. Forgiveness doesn't mean that justice doesn't need to be served or that the person doesn't have to accept the consequences of his or her actions. It doesn't mean that you pretend that whatever it was that hurt you never happened. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you don't set appropriate boundaries for yourself or for your loved ones. And forgiveness does not mean that you are weak. In fact, I think it's just the opposite. Forgiveness is all about strength and courage. So to me, forgiveness can be summed up in one word, and the word is freedom. Forgiveness frees us of all the negative emotions that come when we harbor hurt or anger or resentment towards someone. Forgiveness is to make the conscious decision to release those feelings of anger and bitterness or hostility, whatever the negative emotion we're experiencing when someone has hurt or offended us. I don't think we realize how often we keep ourselves captive emotionally when we believe someone has wronged us. We think that if we hold on to those feelings, if we continue to indulge in them, that in some way we're holding that person accountable or punishing that person. But when you're feeling an emotion, when you're having that vibration in your body, who's experiencing that feeling? Who is it most directly affecting? You, right? Now we know from the model that those emotions are going to cause you to behave or act in a certain way. And the other person might have feelings based on how they interpret your behavior. But when you entertain those negative emotions, the only person feeling them is you. It's crazy, right? So why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we let ourselves suffer because we refuse to let those emotions go? Now we know from a spiritual perspective that we are expected and even commanded to forgive. The scriptures and conference talks and church lessons all encourage us to do it. And we are told that we need to forgive if we expect to be forgiven ourselves. So is that why we forgive? Well, I'm sure that's part of it, but let's go back to the purpose of commandments. They are to teach us about God and his ways, his attributes. Is God forgiving? Absolutely. In fact, his entire plan of salvation for us is based on giving us opportunities to grow, which includes making mistakes, right? And then providing a savior so that we could be redeemed or forgiven and then keep progressing, keep moving forward, continuing on our path to become like him. So again, God is not asking us to do anything that he doesn't do himself. Um, I know I quoted Elder Uchtdorf quite a bit in the last episode, but he just really has a way with words, so I'm going to do it again. He said, we are not perfect. The people around us are not perfect. People do things that annoy, disappoint, and anger. Part of the purpose of mortality is to learn how to let go of such things. That is the Lord's way. Remember, heaven is filled with those who have this in common. They are forgiven and they forgive. So part of the curriculum of this life is to learn how to forgive, to let those things go, to overcome that part of us that is so desperately wants to hold on to every grudge, every chip on our shoulder, every offense. Remember that our carnal primitive brain is looking out for our survival. So it's going to want to notice threats, both real and perceived, both physical and emotional. And it thinks that by focusing on them, that it's being helpful and productive. It's just doing its job, right? And yeah, this is a good thing in that it can protect us and get us out of bad situations when those threats are real. But it's after the fact in the rumination and the spinning that we do in our heads that we experience so much suffering because we can't move on. We can't let it go. 
But you have to remember that when you do this, the only person you're hurting, the, well, the person you're hurting the most is yourself. I have a little quote hanging on the wall of my closet that says, sometimes you have to let things go simply for the reason that they are heavy. And I found that quote a few years ago when I was carrying around some very heavy burdens, some things that happened to me at the hands of some other people that were out of my control, that were very hurtful to me and that I interpreted to mean that I wasn't good enough and that I had failed and that these people didn't think very highly of me. But when I realized how heavy these burdens were, how harboring these grudges and holding on to the hurt and the offense were really crippling me, I wanted so much to be able to just let them go, to set them down and to be free from them. And as I was thinking about this, I thought of the analogy we hear about carrying a backpack around and making the load in the pack heavier than it needs to be. And I remembered an experience that my dad loves to recount when he and my brother and I hiked the Grand Canyon when I was a teenager. And he, of course, tells the story much better with much more flair than I do. But essentially, we were going to an overnight backpacking trip down into the canyon one day and then out um, the next. And I don't remember training for this like I hear people doing nowadays. I did run a little cross country in high school, so that probably made this trip even possible for me. So I don't really know how much about backpacking. I didn't back then, but my dad bought me a pack and the night before we left, I began to fill it with the things that I thought I would need. Well, this was back before I knew you could get travel size items, and so I just started throwing in everything I would need for an overnight trip. My face wash, um, some lotion that my dad swears was the family size, very possible, probably more clothes than I needed, and the list goes on. Well, the first day, our hike down into the canyon, I felt great. It was tough, but I was having fun, and the scenery was amazing, and we got down to the bottom of the canyon, and soaked ourselves in the cool Colorado River. It was just awesome. I loved it. And the next morning, we got up early and began our ascent back up to the top. Well, of course, in the cool of the morning when I was fresh and rested, I was feeling good. But as the day went on and as we climbed switchback after switchback, that pack of mine started to feel pretty heavy. So after a while, my dad took my pack and when he picked it up, he was surprised at how heavy it was. And so he opened it up to see what on earth I had in there. And I don't know if he laughed or got really annoyed with me, probably both, when he saw the family size bottles of personal care items I'd brought along. Well, he was pretty understanding and ended up divvying up some of the contents of my pack between himself and my brother, who luckily was a very big, very strong teenage boy. And we eventually made it back up to the top. And I'm actually kind of surprised that my dad didn't just at some point toss the heavy stuff off of the cliff. That stuff actually made it up to the top as well as us. And you can bet that I am never going to live that one down. But the good news is I learned my lesson. I do not pack heavy, unnecessary things when I go on a hike or backpacking anymore. And isn't that the same with life? We carry around so many heavy things that really aren't necessary. But for some reason, we continue to choose to keep them in our packs and then to keep even adding more weight on top of that. And it sounds so funny, like why would we do that to ourselves? But our brains, and I think probably the adversary as well, are telling us that these things are important and that it couldn't possibly be that easy to just forgive and let it go. Well, as I said in the last episode, I love looking at what the gospel tells us about these principles and then taking a look at what we learn from science as well. I believe that science and religion really come together as two witnesses that can certify a truth. So a few years back, a researcher, and I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Leonard Toussaint, 
who is an associate professor of psychology at Luther College in Iowa, gathered a team together to study the effects of stress on a person's mental health, and then observed how people who tended to be more forgiving differed from people who weren't as forgiving. And they had 148 young adults fill out questionnaires that helped them to assess the levels of stress in their lives, their tendency to forgive, and their physical and mental health. Well, not surprisingly, people with greater exposure to stress had worse mental and physical health, but the researchers discovered something really interesting. They found that if people were highly forgiving of both themselves and others, that that characteristic alone basically eliminated the correlation between stress and mental illness. So people with high levels of lifetime stress who were forgiving didn't have the correlation to poor mental health that the people with high levels of stress who were less forgiving did. That correlation was essentially erased when the attribute of forgiveness was present. So the ability to forgive has been linked to reduced anxiety, depression, and even major psychiatric disorders. Dr. Toussaint published these findings in a book entitled Forgiveness and Health, and in it he says, we know chronic stress is bad for our health. Forgiveness allows you to let go of the chronic interpersonal stressors that cause undue burden. So relieving that mental and emotional stress that builds up when we hold on to that anger or bitterness that we feel when we think we've been wronged, it not only frees our minds from dwelling on and rehearsing those things over and over, but it also diminishes the stress that those chronic emotions can have on our physical health as well. So it's interesting to think about forgiveness as just letting go of negative emotions. And I believe and I teach that we are meant to feel the range of emotions, negative and positive, right? Opposition in all things. And that there's purpose to feeling them. And we talk about how in the moment, those emotions we are resisting or trying to avoid or that we're afraid to feel, they can't hurt us. In that moment, they're just vibrations in our bodies that we can process and move through. And we don't have to judge ourselves or feel badly or guilty that we experience them. They're just a part of being human. There's nothing wrong with feeling negative emotion. And if we recognize where those feelings are coming from, we can use them as information about what's going on in our minds or situations that we might want to take a look at. But research has shown that when we feel certain emotions chronically and when we aren't properly processing them and dealing with them, they can become toxic, not only mentally and emotionally, but physically as well. In fact, when we harbor emotions such as anger or resentment, jealousy or hatred for prolonged periods and we ruminate about them and let them fester, they can actually mess with our bodies. In fact, I found an article that lists the different systems of the body, like the immune system, digestive system, nervous system, reproductive system, there's a bunch of them, right? And there isn't one system of the body that's immune to the effects of chronic emotional stress. It can affect any of those systems, more than one or more. So this is an important thing to be aware of and to take a look at because if we're dwelling in these negative emotions regularly and consistently, it can really take a toll on our long-term physical health. Another benefit of being forgiving comes from a researcher, Dr. Bob Enright of the University of Wisconsin, who actually pioneered the study of forgiveness over 30 years ago. And he says that forgiving can also rebuild our self-esteem. He says when people are beaten down by injustice, a lot of times they end up not liking themselves. But when you can stand up to the pain of what happened to you and offer goodness to the person who hurt you, you can change your view of yourself. 
So whether you've got a little chip on your shoulder or whether you've experienced significant suffering at the hands of another person, learning to forgive those who hurt you can drastically improve both your psychological well-being as well as your physical health. So going back to our definition of forgiveness as a deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or bitterness or anger, whatever you're feeling toward a person who's harmed you, forgiveness is all about letting go of those feelings. It's a mental and emotional release. You are letting go of the heavy things that are weighing you down. Did you know that you can forgive someone without even saying a word to them? Have you ever been really angry or hurt by someone and that person didn't even know it? They were completely oblivious to it? And maybe you even acted like everything was fine, but inside you were just seething at them? Other people, again, don't feel our negative emotions. We do. They affect us. You can forgive someone and not ever talk to or interact with that person again. But in forgiving them, you let go of the animosity and the hurt that you are feeling. You cannot forgive someone and put on a front like everything is fine and outwardly speak and act kindly toward them, but you are not feeling that on the inside. So the way you know if you've truly forgiven someone, if you've really let that heavy thing go, is how you feel. What emotions are you feeling? Do you feel peace? Do you feel compassion? Do you feel sympathy or understanding? How do you want to feel about this person? How do you want to feel about you? And how do you want to feel, period? That's the question. Another good question to ask yourself is why? Why do I feel the need to hang on to this? Why am I so reluctant to let it go? Do I think it somehow gives me leverage over this person? Does it keep me in victim mode so I don't have to take responsibility for my feelings? Do I want people to feel sorry for me? Does it get me attention somehow? Am I trying to punish the other person by feeling hatred or animosity toward them? Remember, you cannot punish someone else with your emotions. You're punishing yourself when you don't let them go. And I just want to add that so many times our grudges and offenses and suffering come from our judgment of other people. We don't agree with what they did or what they're doing or how they handled a situation or reacted to something. But I found that the less I judge others, the better I get to feel, the less offended I get, the more I can see things from their points of view. I don't have to make other people wrong. I don't have to prove that my way is the right way. I don't have to worry about that. It's not my job. My job is to make sure that I'm behaving in a way that is true to me, to who I want to be as a mom in my marriage and in the world. The more we judge others and the more we make them wrong, the more resentment and irritation we're going to feel. And then we fall into the trap of thinking that it's other people's fault. We feel the way that we do, that they are the cause of our emotions instead of remembering that we are in charge of our emotions, right? That we cause our emotions with our thinking. So forgiveness means freedom, freedom from judgment, freedom from hatred, from bitterness, from grudges, from victimhood, because what's the alternative? The alternative is to stay stuck in a place of anger, irritation, outrage, or pain. Forgiveness really is a gift you give to yourself. It's loving yourself enough to let go of pride or the need to be right or wanting to make the other person suffer. It's being willing to let go of all of that so you can be free from it. So I want to encourage you to develop the habit of forgiveness because that's really what it is, right? It's a way of being in the world where we have opportunities to experience hurt, to experience being offended, even to experience tragic things at the hands of other people. Some of the most inspiring stories I've ever heard are the ones where one person's choices led to some really painful consequences for an individual or family or even a community. And yet that individual 
or family was able to forgive that person. If you haven't seen it yet, go watch a video that the church put out a few years ago called Forgiveness, My Burden Was Made Light. You can find it on the church website on YouTube. Um, It's out there. It's about a man named Chris Williams, and I'm sure many of you have heard of him. His family was driving home from a family outing a few years ago when their car was hit by a drunk driver. And in that accident, he lost his wife, who was at the time expecting their fifth child, as well as his only daughter and a son. So in an instant, half of his family was gone. And this video tells this story beautifully and really illustrates everything we've talked about today. Chris's ability and willingness to forgive the young man responsible for the accident is amazing and shows that really in any circumstance, it's forgiveness that heals and helps us move forward. And so I think if we can get into the habit and the mindset of being forgiving, of being able to let things go big and small, it can lead to greater feelings of peace and confidence and love, which are really desirable emotions, right? We all want to feel more of those in our lives. I believe that God gave us agency so that we could choose to let go of the thoughts and feelings that cause us pain and that keep us stuck. In fact, he refused to send us to this earthly mortal experience without this gift. He knew that we would face situations where we would need this ability, this power, and it's one that I'm really grateful for. And of course, most importantly, We know that we're not alone in this. The whole purpose of the atonement of Jesus Christ is to redeem us when we make mistakes and to give us strength when we're faced with things that we can't do on our own. And I think many times when we're faced with a choice to forgive, it can seem just about impossible. It's really hard. But the Savior's there to help us. He can give us strength to forgive when we struggle to feel it on our own. We are so blessed to know that this power is available to us when we ask for it. Another really powerful story of forgiveness that I love comes from Corey Ten Boom, a Christian political prisoner who survived the Holocaust, um, one of the Holocaust concentration camps. And she was held prisoner along with her sister, Betsy. And Corey survived, but her sister did not. And after the war, Corey traveled the world preaching sermons of reconciliation and peace and forgiveness. And one day, she was presented with the opportunity to practice what she had been preaching when one of her jailers from the concentration camp approached her to ask for her forgiveness. And she says that he approached her beaming and bowing, and he told her how grateful he was for her message and said to her to think that as you say, he, referring to Jesus Christ, has washed away my sins. And now I'm going to quote her directly for the rest of the story. She says, His hand was thrust out to shake mine, and I, who had preached so often the need to forgive, kept my hand at my side. Even as the angry, vengeful thoughts boiled through me, I saw the sin of them. Jesus Christ had died for this man. Was I going to ask for more? Lord Jesus, I prayed, forgive me and help me to forgive him. I tried to smile. I struggled to raise my hand. I could not. I felt nothing, not the slightest spark of warmth or charity. And so again, I breathed a silent prayer. Jesus, I cannot forgive him. Give me your forgiveness. As I took his hand, the most incredible thing happened. From my shoulder along my arm and through my hand, a current seemed to pass from me to him, while into my heart sprang a love for this stranger that almost overwhelmed me. And so I discovered that it is not on our forgiveness any more than on our goodness that the world's healing hinges, but on his. When he tells us to love our enemies, he gives along with the commandment the love love itself. 
And I love that. This is so powerful, again, to know that it's not my place to judge. It's not my place to condemn. And that when it comes to forgiveness, the Savior is right there, ready to help me and strengthen me. He wants us to forgive so that we can feel peace and even love instead of anger or vengeance. So these stories I've shared are examples of what is called heroic forgiveness. They are examples of people who are able to forgive in what to most of us would be unthinkable circumstances. And some of us will be faced with the choice to forgive in situations like these, or maybe some of us already have been. But even if we never face these types of circumstances, all of this applies to the smaller daily opportunities to forgive as well. In fact, sometimes those are the things that can weigh us down the most, all of the little grudges or grievances that we carry around in our proverbial backpacks, right? Another thing we need to remember is how important it is to forgive ourselves. All of this that we've talked about applies to your relationship with yourself. We can be our harshest critics. We pass as much judgment or more even on ourselves as we do on others. So be willing to let those negative feelings toward yourself go as well. Don't get stuck in the cycle of shame and not feeling good or worthy enough because you can't forgive yourself. And I will leave you with one more quote from Elder David E. Sorensen. He says, Forgiveness means that problems of the past no longer dictate our destinies, and we can focus on the future with God's love in our hearts. Perfect. I love it. Okay, that was a big one, but there really is so much great information out there about forgiveness. This is really only a little, the tip of the iceberg, a little glimpse into it. And I love knowing what acquiring this particular attribute of the Savior can do to enhance and bless our lives and bring us more of the peace that so many in the world are searching for. So thank you so much to all of you for sticking with me. I'm excited for the next few episodes of this series. I've also got some exciting things I'm working on, some new opportunities for you that I will fill you in on in the next few weeks. So I hope you have a great rest of the week and I will see you back here next time. Bye now. If you like what you hear on this podcast and would like to learn more, I invite you to check out my website at motherhoodelevated.com. There you can sign up for a free mini session to see what working with me looks like as well as find information on classes I offer or get on the list for some weekly inspiration straight to your inbox. Again, that's motherhoodelevated.com. Have a great week.